Thanks for choosing to spend time in the studio with Michael Card. What you're about to hear in this podcast was recorded several years ago in Franklin, Tennessee. Though some of the details about guests and ministries may have changed since this was first broadcast, the messages discussed in these conversations still ring true. This session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn more about the CSB translation online when you visit csbible.com. Listen now to this program from the archives. This is In the Studio with Michael Card. Welcome to this week's edition. I'm Wayne Shepherd, sitting here in the studio, ironically, with Michael Card. How does that work out? Uh, it's fun. It works out very well. <laughs> well. I really enjoy the time we get to spend together. You uh, you lead an interesting life. Uh, you're on the road. Uh, yes. You spend a lot of time writing. You've got a family to watch over and care for and nurture and yep. uh, great community here in Franklin. Yeah, so. God is good. He <laughs> is good all the time. As a matter of fact, as we record today's program, we just came from the Empty Hands Fellowship. We so. did. We just had some uh, breakfast fellowship, well, with no breakfast, but <laughs> um, and, and had a great time talking to some of the brothers, and, and we'll hear from them later yeah, on. Right. Speaking of later on, Makoto Fujimura will be with us in the second half of today's mm-hmm. program. I know you always enjoy talking to Mako. Yeah, he, he keeps us in touch with a, a part of the world uh that you and I otherwise would have <laughs> no contact with, uh, the high art sort of uh, part of the And culture. here's a brother who is uh, such a, uh, a fantastic artist, mm-hmm. but is giving leadership to the whole country in terms of his service on the National Endowment for the Arts, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, a believer right in that kind and, of role. And so vocal as a, as a believer in that context, which mm-hmm. is another thing that really encourages me. Well, we'll talk to him later on today. Yeah. Uh, Joe just handed us some emails that have come in. We always enjoy reading the feedback yes. we get uh, to the program. I see many of them. I know you do, too. Yeah, it really encourages me uh, to, to see the people that are getting what we're doing. I mean, it's 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 connecting with them. So mm-hmm. I, I encourage uh, listeners uh, to, to email us if you, if you have an idea. I have a couple right here in front of me. This is from Judy, who's at the University of North Carolina. Mm. And she says, just want to say thanks for the In the Studio program. I'm a new listener, having just obtained a home PC and mm-hmm. discovered the website. I spent five years in China wow. studying Mandarin and reaching out to college students and friends and neighbors. Isn't it interesting, she says, that the first program in the archive section that I found on the website would feature Barnabas from mm-hmm. China. So Our friend from WorldSurf. She uh-huh. was uh, very interested in that program. Thanks, Judy, for wow. your note. Here's another one, Mike, from a listener who wrote in response to our discussion about suicide, mm. which um, something we didn't want to have to talk about, but we felt led of the Lord to talk about. Me too, yeah. And this comes from a, a listener who says, I really enjoy your music and listening. I happen to be listening when you're talking about suicide. I'm a Christian, have been one ever since I was young, but I've had some really, really hard trials. And then goes on to talk about some of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she says, I, I have it here in front of me. I, I've learned a lot about trusting God, uh, but I've had some very dark times. I wish so badly it was not wrong to do something Uh, to kill myself, as I felt it would be easier on all of us. Uh, I know this is wrong to even think like this, and I have a hard time admitting this even to myself, but I am thinking that I am thinking this way. Hmm. But your program did encourage me. You said that you'd had a hard period in your life where it was something you dealt with. I felt like maybe these thoughts are going to put a wall between me and God, and I don't want it to. Um, 
Yeah, the the timing of that, and, and the first, uh, well, first of all, I want to thank the listener who who sent us this email just for uh, their honesty and 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 openness, and uh, and that's exactly what we want to talk about mm-hmm. today. Um, this idea that uh, um, she says it's it, it's not, I know it's not even right to think this, and I want don't want it to be a wall between me and God. Well, the whole idea of lament is that um, God understands that these thoughts do come to us, right. given the fallenness of this world and the things that we all struggle with. And uh, it's it's not a, a wall between you and God. In fact, if the laments in the Bible tell us anything, uh, these are a, a, a stepping stone to him, uh, God who who has entered into our suffering, who Jesus, who has become acquainted with our grief. So he understands. And so I want to encourage the uh, the listener who wrote us this email to to offer those things up as worship to God. These are the things I'm struggling with. God, you know, because you struggled with mm-hmm. human frailty and temptation and, and depression and all the things that Jesus entered into for our sake. So um, that's, that's where we're going to go in our conversation. This is actually the second time that we've been able to talk about your new book, mm-hmm. A Sacred Sorrow, which deals with lament. And I know you mm-hmm. you put a lot of uh, research and effort and thought uh-huh. uh, and prayer into that project. Well, it started uh, right after 9-11 when realized, I realized that uh, we had no songs to sing in response to that tragedy. And, then, and since that time, we've had this... Uh, horrible uh, tsunami in in Indonesia, and and there's always been so much. I mean, it's a fallen, uh, fragile world, and and there's always been a lot to lament of. But uh, I think for me anyway, uh, it was time to go to the Scriptures and and have them teach me what it means to lament, what it means to offer these things up to God as an act of worship. Some of your music that goes hand-in-hand with this new book, A Sacred Sorrow, is the Job Suite Mm -hmm. that you did uh, actually quite a while ago. A long time ago. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was interesting that that was going through your mind then, and and now A Sacred Sorrow is... Mm -hmm is on the forefront of your thinking. Well, you engage with Scripture, you know, at one time, and then you come back at a, hopefully a deep, deeper level and, and engage it again. And uh, and that that's really what happened. I, I've always been drawn to the book of Job and and have always felt a burden to try to understand what in the world is going on in, in that book. There's so many different interpretations and uh, different perspectives on, on that wonderful novel, really, is what it is, a novel of lament. And so, yeah, this this song we're about to play is the first part of a whole suite of songs that come from the book of Job. We'll hear three of those uh, parts here mm-hmm. in the first half of our broadcast today. So we're starting with Job's story. The the Right, the, the introduction. And um, and this, we have a very special uh, instrumentalist uh, <laughs> who, um, at great expense, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> we we got to come and play uh, the Hurdy Gurdy, uh, Mr. Wayne Shepherd, my old friend, the Hurdy Gurdy. Yeah. Always meets me here in the studio, <laughs> and uh, you've given me lesson after lesson on how to crank I, it. I know, so. and and you did a great job. <laughs> so I think the listeners will be very excited to hear uh, it, virtually an entire solo on the Hurdy Gurdy. More importantly than that, you are going to play the dulcimer on this one, right? An Appalachian instrument, also a very old instrument. And you left out the most important accompanist of all here in the studio with us today. Right. Uh, my daughter Kate is going to play the boron, which is an uh, an Irish uh, percussion instrument. All right, let's get started. This is the Job Suite. We begin with his story. Here's Michael Card. Blameless and upright 
fearer of God, a man truly righteous, no pious facade. One about whom God was accustomed to boast, and so one whom Satan desired the most. One day the accuser came breathing out lies. It's your holy handouts his faithfulness buys. So in one desperate day his possessions were lost. His children all killed in one raw holocaust. His children all killed in one raw holocaust. And yet through it all, through the tears and pain, he worshipped his God, found no reason to blame. Once more the deceiver denounced and decried, the skin for skin and hide for hide. Strike down his flesh and he'll surely deny and confess that his praying has all been a lie. Mary will take him, the Holy One side, But you must spare his life, oh my son shall not die. So Job was afflicted with terrible sores, Sat down in the ashes to wait for the Lord, Sat down in the ashes to wait for the Lord. And yet through all through the tears and pain he worshiped his God found no reason to blame Wayne, that's the setup for the story of the rest of the book of Job, what happens in chapter 1. And if it's okay, I'll, I'll read yes, uh, part of that please. from the New Living. Uh, there once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, and 500 female donkeys. And he employed many servants wonder why they didn't count them. <laughs> uh, he was, in fact, the richest person in that entire area. Job's sons would take turns preparing feasts in their homes, and they would also invite their three sisters to celebrate with them. When these celebrations ended, sometimes after several days, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, Perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. So... Job is a righteous man. There's nobody like him. Blameless, a man of complete integrity. Absolutely. And God's about to say the same thing. Uh, One day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I've been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man In all the earth, he is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, Yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and property. 
You've made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. But reach out and take away everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right, you may test him. The Lord said to Satan, Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. One day, when Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house, a messenger arrived at Job's home with this news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys feeding beside them when the Sabaeans raided us. They stole all the animals and killed all the farmhands. I'm the only one who's escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with the news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up your sheep and all the shepherds. I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived with the news. Three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and daughters were feasting in their oldest brother's home. Suddenly, a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children are dead. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground in worship. Mm. And he said, I came naked from my mother's womb. I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had. The Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God. So in one chapter, this amazing story uh, is, is set up. I'm looking back here to the words from the Lord, all right, you may test him. Mm-hmm. I just sent a shiver down my spine when you read those words. Yeah, and I, I don't think Job's uh, situation is unique at all, Wayne. Um, I remember when um, Jesus came to Peter and he says, um, Satan has asked to mm-hmm. sift you like wheat. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Job's experience is unique at all. I think... Um, I don't know exactly how something like this works, but I think this process of Satan, who is the accuser, stands before the throne. He accuses you and me, mm-hmm. and uh, God, who is uh, uh, over all, who is Lord of all the universe, uh, uh, says, okay, uh, I'll allow this, but this I won't allow. And that's why I think later on God can say we'll never be tested beyond what we're able to bear because, because he is in control mm-hmm. and he sets boundaries. As we've said, you've written much about lament in this new book. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is what Job does here next. Yep. The the rest of this book is a novel on lament. And the the important thing, I think, to get from this first chapter is when Job hears this horrible news, everything a person can lose, he's lost. Uh, And he's about to lose his health. That happens in chapter 2. But what does he do? He falls down and he worships. Mm -hmm. And that's a kind of worship that when I read this book, uh, that's a kind of worship I realize I know nothing about, and I think virtually the the whole American church yeah. knows nothing about. I think you've uh, captured the the emotion of all this well in this song mm-hmm. that uh, is part of the Job Suite we're going mm-hmm. to hear now. This is the lament portion. Right. Uh, the rest of the book is uh, uh, Job lamenting and being interrupted by his friends who who, are, who continually tell him, you shouldn't talk to God like that. And I think... Uh, those of us uh, today who try to lament will find plenty of people who come to us and say, you know, you shouldn't pray like right. that. Yeah. Get and, over it. And in fact, our email, uh, you know, I shouldn't, uh, the the emailer said, uh, you know, I know I shouldn't think this way or I know, mm-hmm. you know, it's not good to tell God these things. Well, she's been listening, to, I think, to some people like Job's friends. Yeah. But the truth is uh, we are, and the Bible uh, encourages us 
actually the Bible commands us to offer our, our, uh, our disappointment, our despair, our grief, um, our confusion, even our anger, even our hatred, Wayne, mm-hmm. the hatred we have for our enemies. Uh, the Bible commands us, encourages us to offer that up to God as an act of worship. Incredible. Yeah. Well, let's pause the conversation long enough for you to sing about yeah. Job's lament here in the studio. Again, Michael Card. A throne of ashes, a crown of pain, a sovereign of sorrow, a mournful rain. May the day of my birth be remembered no more. May darkness and shadow come claim it once more. Why did I not perish on that dreadful day? Sleep now where kings and counselors lay What I dreaded most has now come upon me Why is light given those in misery? I loathe my own life so my tears fall like rain As I find that there is no peace in my pain of mine are no comfort to me so deftly they listen so blindly they see their words and their doctrine they all sound so true the problem is Lord they're all wrong about you I know my advocate waits upon high my witness in heaven sees the tears that I cry a true intercessor who will condescend to plead with God as a man pleads for his friend if I've been untrue if I've robbed the poor if I'm without guilt then what am I suffering for God would not crush me for some secret sin And though he slay me, still I'll trust in him Job's expression of utter trust and confidence in God. Mm. Michael, how long since you've sung that? You just did it here in the studio for us. Well, the song was written probably 15 years ago uh, in um, 
a collection of songs from the Wisdom Writings. The Job Suite, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, but it, it still comes back. You, uh, especially, like I said before, when you're processing again, you know, what mm-hmm. this book means. And uh, and I've, I've discovered, I guess maybe part of it's just being older, maybe part of it's mm-hmm. uh, trying to understand Job in the context of uh, events like 9-11 and the tsunami where... Um, you do have you. You said before utter confidence in God, but what happens is that has been shaken uh, to its very foundations. Right. Yeah. And uh, and so what Job does is is his um, his confusion. I mean, you've got two choices, Wayne. You can turn and walk away, denial, or or you can go back to God and say, I'm 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 angry with you. I'm confused that you would allow this to happen. Hmm. And in Job's particular case, Job says, you know, I haven't done anything to deserve this. Job is really a lot, a book about innocent suffering. And the only thing his friends uh, can say is, you must have done something wrong. You mm-hmm. must have some, done something to deserve this. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people forget in the, in the opening chapter of the book, God himself <laughs> says, Job's a righteous man. <laughs> so that's the dilemma that uh, Job is lamenting. And it's a powerful dilemma I think all of us are caught up in. Yeah. Uh, just hearing you sing that just now, though, and knowing that it's been a number of years since you've sung that, I mean, you did it right here in the studio with mm-hmm. with such you know personal conviction and mm-hmm. passion that uh, I, I know it comes from the fact that you've lived with this and you've, you're maturing in this yourself. Well, I don't know if I'm maturing, but it's definitely something that's come back to me again. Right, right. And uh, and um, lament really is a lost language. Yeah. Um, and so much of the Bible is about lament. Uh, most numerically. There are more psalms of lament than any other kind of psalm, and in America we read right past those, and so we don't uh, we don't benefit from. Uh, I think we the say, Bible. isn't isn't it nice that uh, in the case of David, for instance, in the Psalms, isn't it nice that that David is being honest with God, you know? And then we march right yeah. on, and we don't uh, we don't incorporate yeah. that. Well, and we never we never uh, realize that maybe that's a call for us to be honest with God, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, and and the stupidest person to pretend in front of <laughs> is God. I mean, the the you know the dumbest thing in the world is try just to try to hide how you really feel from God. Stop and think about that. Yeah, yeah. and then. Of course, you've got the friends that uh, yeah. come into the picture here. Now we won't go into an in-depth Bible study about that right no. now, but yeah. But Job's friends are are. Um, the, the, I think the big mystery is how is it that they came and for seven days sat with him and and did said nothing, which which is the best thing they did mm-hmm. until they opened their mouths. <laughs> that's, that's when they got in trouble. <laughs> yeah, right. They were fine until they opened their mouth. But I think uh, a lot of times when we look on the suffering of other people, especially when it it appears to be innocent suffering. Um, we have to deal with. I think they're they were trying to deal with it as much for themselves as they were uh, trying to sort of diagnose mm-hmm. Job's problem. Mm-hmm. And they have one equation, Wayne, and it's it's an equation that we all naturally fall back on, and that is, if I'm good, God will bless me. If I'm bad, God will curse me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's this very uh, mm-hmm. primitive, elemental way of understanding who God is. And the corollary to that equation is that you must have done something wrong. Yeah, you've, that's that's the only that's the only thing that can possibly be on the other side of the equal sign. But Job, the wonderful thing about Job is he he realizes precisely in the midst of his suffering that that equation is incomplete. It's not wrong, but it's incomplete. And so three times, and for me, this is really the glorious part of the Book of Job. Three times when Job realizes, you know, there's something else that I need besides the equation because he's done it all. He's mm-hmm. been good. He's done 
given sacrifices for his children just in case they sinned. He's that sort of person. Hmm. But what Job realizes three times, he realizes, first of all, you know, I need an advocate. Hmm. I need an intercessor. In a beautiful image, he says, uh, I need someone who can stand between me and God and put a hand on both of us. And wonderful image of Jesus, because that's the missing part of the equation, because it's more than if I'm good, God blesses me, because uh, I'll never be good enough, right? And so Jesus is there in the book of Job in, in, a, in a powerful way. We're going to ask you to sing about God's responses. Again, this is very powerful, and I want mm-hmm. listeners to uh, key in carefully to the lyric yeah. here. And what I want li- the listeners to understand is uh, this is the miracle of the book of Job. The miracle of the book of Job is the, that the God who is on his throne in chapter 2 comes down hmm. in chapter 38. Uh, the movement of God from heaven into Job's situation, that's the miracle. Because Job all along uh, has, has uh, clung to this belief that our God is the God who is really moved by our tears. And the miracle is that God is moved by our tears, and he shows up. And um, Amen. Yeah. Wow. He's there. Well, Michael, let's listen as you sing God's response, God speaks, and then Job's response. Who is it that darkens my counsel? Who speaks empty words without knowledge? Brace yourself up like a man. And answer me now if you can Can you put on glory and splendor? What's the way to the home of the light? Does your voice sound like the thunder? Are you afraid? Where were you when earth's foundations were laid? Who gave the heart its wisdom, the mind its desire to know? Can you bind the stars, raise your voice to the clouds? Did you make the eagle proud? Spend the night by your manger Did you let the wild donkey go free? Can you take Leviathan home as a pet? If you merely touched him, you'd never forget So who is it that darkens my counsel? Who speaks empty words without knowledge? Brace yourself up like a man And answer me now if you can You are the 
the storm that calmed my soul I place my hand over my mouth I place my hand over my With that powerful song, we've come to the halfway point here in the studio with Michael Card. If what you're hearing has prompted you to go deeper, look online for more from Michael that can help. You'll find music, books, and news about upcoming conferences at michaelcard.com. If you're new to this podcast, be sure to look through the podcast archive for an extensive collection of classic and current editions to hear and enjoy. Coming up, more music and conversation after this message in the studio with Michael Card. The Ancient Faith Study Bible is this month's featured resource. I'm always looking for ways to explore the meaning of the scriptures, and the CSB Ancient Faith Study Bible is a new edition with roots in the teaching from the early followers of Christ. This edition features study notes and commentary from the writings of church fathers to help you understand and apply their rich biblical insights to your life today. Search for Ancient Faith Study Bible at csbible.com and read more about this unique study tool. And when you order, apply your 30% discount on the CSB purchase through LifeWay. Type in the studio as one word in the promotion code for your 30% discount with LifeWay. The Ancient Faith Study Bible. Study notes, biographies, and more from the early leaders in the Christian faith that add rich perspective as you go deep into God's Word. Today's church can be renewed by listening to the insights and wisdom of yesterday's saints. Search for Ancient Faith Study Bible now at csbible.com. And welcome back into the studio with Michael Card. Michael, it's great to have friends around the country. You certainly have a good friend in Makoto Fujimura. Yeah, a great encourager and uh, a person who really opens uh, the door to a world you and I yeah. have no access yeah, yeah, to. Right. I'm trying to find a good way to say it. Makoto, welcome back. It's good to be back. You join us from your home in New York City. New York City, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, we love to talk about art and faith with you. And, Michael, I don't know if you have a starting point, but maybe we just turn it over to our friend here. Well, uh, just re- I want to remind our listeners that uh, Makoto is uh, a fine art uh, person. He uh, he does abstract art, all, all kinds of uh, background in traditional art. Uh, but uh, he is, uh, at the same time, uh, as a believer, a great encourager of the arts um, and and uh, trying to get other artists to come alongside and use their gifts mm-hmm. uh, to bring glory to the Lord. And a biblical thinker and a, yeah. about the synthesis of art and faith. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah. And so, I mean, we could toot your horn there for uh, for quite a while, Makoto, yeah. but we'd rather hear, <laughs> wh- I mean, where you are, uh, catch us up to where you are, uh, new projects. Yeah, I just uh, finished uh, the exhibit, the solo exhibit here in New York City, and that's um, what an artist uh, does. You know, mm-hmm. um, every year I have <clears throat> two or three. My next uh, project is in Osaka, Japan. Oh wow! And um, getting uh, works ready now. Now these are paintings, and as well as uh, I've done video installations, and uh, um, you know where you install pieces in the whole room mm-hmm. and um, talk about a particular theme that way uh, the the theme of this show is called the splendor of the of the medium and i was trying to focus on um 
you know how uh, coming from a biblical perspective you know you you're bound to have uh, a different way of viewing what you do mm-hmm. you know the craft aspect of um and i think biblically speaking you know if we, we are called to uh, love what we do uh, mm-hmm. deeply. Uh, there's there is this uh, collaboration with the Holy Spirit um, as we work. So and, so art is listening to God. Yeah, I I, I think so, and and it, it doesn't seem to matter um, if uh, you're alone in the studio or um, uh, you know I know many performers here in New York City who um, uh, at the uh, top level. Um, people, but um, to them the battle is the same, you know, you, you, you could be facing uh, um, a thousand uh, people in Carnegie Hall, but, you know, how, how do you practice your craft um, before the audience won? Hmm. Makoto, New York certainly has to be one of the art centers of the world, and you're right there in the middle of all of it, but there are other places as well. You mentioned your of course, your association with Japan, and I'm right. just wondering you about how you look at the the international world of artists right now. Well, yeah, there's there's so much happening that it's it's hard to talk about, uh, you know, without um, uh, being biased uh, somewhat. But uh, I, I think uh, that that speaks of a fragmented condition right now. Um, you know, it used to be that you you could talk about movements and. Um, um, you, and you could certainly do that now, but it, I think I think even that word is a uh, little bit tainted by uh, the, the fragmentation of uh, our language, our art. You know, media has a lot to do with that today um, because we tend to think what we see on TV or read in newspaper is all cohesive, but mm-hmm. it's not at all. It's uh, they may be truthful, but it's it's just just a. Uh, segment of the truth. Do you think that media then is is having a dumbing down effect on the art world? Well, I, I don't know if it's dumbing down as much as miscategorization mis, um, or misinformation. Um, I, I, I think, uh, you know, when we see things on TV, we, you know, we tend to see it as the whole truth. Mm. And, um, and, and then, you know, we realize, and, and the artists Artists are good at this, you know. They they discern that, uh, you know, by manipulating true information, you know, you can create quite quite a fiction of you know what what is out there, or worse yet, um, intentionally distorting the truth mm-hmm. uh, and twist it, and um, and and that that seems to be one of a you know gifts or curse or whatever um you want to call that and i think um that's what you see in in the world of art today um and and it, I, I include you know music and uh all these new uh media forms um uh, all these forms are just um filled with um the pretense of knowing what is true but you know when you really understand uh, the background and, and people, uh, you realize that's that's not true. Now, Makoto, in your world, because this is something I'm struggling with now, uh, understanding um, the tension between uh, someone like me who's done, tried to do ministry in art with a cap with a basis in capitalism <laughs> for yes, so many yes, years. Yes, right. Otherwise, uh, you like to be paid for it. Huh? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah right, but um, right. but but coming to the point that uh, me and a lot of artists are coming to, where uh, the capitalistic part is uh, is not 
what it used to be in terms of uh, being able to make a living. The, the whole right. commercializ- commercialization issue. Now, it seems to me, and, and I'm, I'm asking a question, but I'm going yeah. to make a statement. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong. Uh, it seems to me like in the art world, there, there tends to be a fairly big divide between a few elite who make an mm-hmm. incredible right. a living and, right. and right. most of the rest of uh, artists who, who, um, who don't. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting history here because in New York, um, early 20th century, uh, art was not, you know, New York wasn't the center of the, the art Paris was. Mm-hmm. And uh, what happened uh, between the two world wars and, um, you know, all these talented people coming to New York, uh, there's a good book out right now um, uh, of an artist named Willem de Kooning. Um, he's a Dutch artist who came over um, in, uh, I believe, uh, early ni- 1940s. Um, who became one of the elite artists. Uh, he he uh, passed away several years ago, but um, he, we, you know, he was an example of someone who had absolutely nothing um, for most of his life. Mm-hmm. And at the end of his life, uh, his uh, paintings were setting for millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what happened uh, during that time in 20th century art in New York is, you know, first of all, New York became the center of mm-hmm art and expression and thinking, really. Um, and, um, you know, we are all influenced by this because um, every design, fashion to media is influenced by these, uh, these works of art. And, um, you know, what this book uh, describes is this, this passionate um, sense of calling that these artists had. I mean, they were extremely poor. They, they had nothing except, you know, they, they knew that they wanted to create something new, um, that hmm. the world was changing. Uh, they wanted to capture that change somehow. Hmm. And they believed that art, um, you know, had some kind of salvific role. Um, they, they, you know, they believed that it was, it was almost a, a religion to them. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they, they had a community, they had, uh, you know, a true community where they, they would uh, speak about uh, deep issues. And, um, but, and yet, this is, um, for most part, without Christ. Um, and so you, you end up either you know, um, having a very dark cynicism uh, take over you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of these artists ended up committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or um, in, in the case of those who are successful, they, they are disillusioned at, at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Susie Gablick, who is an artist and author uh, who's, who's not a Christian, but I admire a lot because she uh, has a kind of a prophet um, uh, sense. Um, mm-hmm. And and she uh, calls the art world a suburb of hell. <laughs> you wow. know? And and she's she's talking about that commercialization, Michael. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's just um, you know, art art began as this pure thing where these artists were longing for uh, uh, a new type of expression that can capture a new reality. But what ended up happening was it, it became just as corrupt. You know, just as um, um, tainted as, as as the world that they were fighting against. Well, don't you think that's always the inevitable uh, consequence when when whatever gift it might be, art or whatever, uh, becomes disconnected yeah. from from this purpose of of serving and yeah. washing feet. Yeah, and uh, I mean, know, is that uh, overly Christianizing? 
It, no, I, I don't think so. You know, I, I, I sit on the board uh, of National Council right now with the endowment, National Endowment for the Arts, and I, I get to see, it's such a privilege, because I get to see all sorts of expressions uh, of art, um, opera, dance, uh, writings, you know, coming from this, uh, uh, this great nation of ours. And, and it's actually amazing how diverse and uh, expressive uh, these new works coming out. And they're, they're, they're coming out from regional areas. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm seeing that, uh, you know, people... Maybe because of the economy, you know, we, we had a bubble burst here uh, mm-hmm. in, in the 90s. And, and uh, artists, um, kind of their resources dried up. So some of them went back home, you know, to uh-huh. uh, their uh, hometowns. And they figured that, uh, well, you know, uh, how can I serve this community? And they started to collaborate uh, with local um, uh, you know, uh, state and uh, city um, agencies. So, uh, you know, they, they would make proposals out of their heart to serve. And uh, these are markedly different type of work. Um, they're, they're, they tend to be very creative. When, but, they were, uh, when they were trying to make money and become famous. Right, yeah, yeah. right. And, and, you know, as, as Christians, we tend to say, well, well, you know, that's what happens in the city, you know, big, big back city. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know, as, as you know, uh, it, it, that's, not, that's not true at all. I mean, it, it, the worst of it happens sometimes in, in Christian circles where we, we pretend that, that, you know, that, that motivation can be tainted. Um, and, um, you know, so uh, I, I think it's an important uh, point to discuss. Very interesting. We're talking with Makoto Fujimura today here in the studio with Michael Card, our artist friend who uh, I just learned is on the board of the National Endowment for mm-hmm. the Arts. And Makoto, something you said just caused me to be thinking that as you uh, see all this expression of the artistic, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm sure in your soul you resonate with some and others, you know, you, you don't mm-hmm. resonate with, but you look past that to the, to the, creation, the person who's doing the creating, right? And, yeah, I, I do. And I, I really believe that art, um, it, it, because it is a gift, from the creator, whether the person, the artist, knows that or not, um, you know, it, it is ultimately uh, something that uh, that can glorify God. Um, and and it's, I think it's important for viewers, Christians, to understand this uh, when they walk into a museum or even a movie theater. You know, um, rather than expecting everything to line up mm. to our concept of reality or simplistic isn't it yeah you know we we need to use it as a bridge to understand to listen uh, to the voices out there that we disagree with Mm -hmm. and uh, when we do that you know i think god uses that the holy spirit uh, will use that um, to uh, teach us how we can communicate the gospel into this um, world that, that is very cynical, dying, um, and um, is, is looking for hope and uh, reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I've been thinking about recently is the, the use of the word media. You know, and this word um, came, uh, Marshall McLuhan, who uh, is a Canadian, um, um, he, he's, he's now known as a media ecologist, is a new mm-hmm. word, but he used to be a professor um, of, uh, you know, me, uh, communications. Um, but he, he, he mentions this word media 
it flows right out of the word for the Holy Spirit, mm. the medium, you know, mm. medieval word, which, which really uh, connotes that um, we are desperately dependent on the Holy Spirit to communicate. So, so unless we have this in-between medium, you know, we can't really talk or, you know, expect mm. to communicate at all. And Christ as mediator... Mediator, yes. correct, and yeah. and so and now we the the culture has twisted this word to you know when we talk about the media you know it's this we think of TV and radio but mm-hmm. you know that it, that's not that's not what communicates we mm-hmm. know that and so when we have a filled with the spirit uh, I think we see things differently I think we do uh, we have uh, you know Christ mindset to um, you know redeem um, the, have a redemptive vision. Mm. for what is, what is going on. You know, Michael, I'm sitting here listening to Makoto's answer, and I'm just thinking how grateful I am that God has called him to do what he does, yeah. interacting with the larger uh, creative community out there and, and bringing Christ's light to it. Yeah, and, and thinking through a lot of these issues for us and bringing together uh, a, a lot of what for us I think would be a very... Uh, confusing, mm-hmm. fragmented right. uh, thing. Now, talk to us. Is that part of uh, your Barnabas group? Is that part of your purpose? You know, yeah, we do. We have a group of uh, five uh, men. Uh, we, we just started to get together because we were at a certain level. Well, all of us were um, influential in our fields, and people were looking to us for advice, you know, mm-hmm. whether, whether professional advice or spiritual advice or... And we all realized we were kind of isolated in our own fields, that there, there aren't too many people around us, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that can actually encourage us in this uh, direction. So we decided, well, at one forty-five every Tuesday, uh, we have one this, uh, today, uh, ah. we're going to get together for an hour. We're all busy, but, uh, you know, we started meeting at a Starbucks, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and soon it moved into one of our guys, Chris Griffin, um, uh, runs a sound. Uh, studio, and uh, we moved into the studio in Chelsea, and uh, we talk about uh, deep uh, issues about art, faith, um, you know, uh, sexuality from a biblical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're all men, you know, uh, struggling in our walk to keep pure. And mm-hmm. um, sounds you know, like we, community to me, Michael. Absolutely, and and I, I um, you know, we want it to be uh, a place where we can discuss difficult questions. You know, we can raise issues that we don't have the answers to, and and ask the Holy Spirit to intervene and help us. Are the recordings of these discussions available? Yeah, we're going to make them available soon. Uh, they're, they're actually really amazing conversations. You know, they kind of, Chris will uh, turn on the, uh, you know, push that button, magical button, mm-hmm. and here we are, you know, all of us. <laughs> you yeah, know. We have one of those buttons here, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And uh, you know, it's 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 really uh, um, I think it's, I think profoundly you know healing for us hmm. to to talk about these things. And but but we also realize you know, gee, you know, there may be people out there who who would appreciate this as well. You know, because you know the, the struggles you go through. Um, 
as being a minority in 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 the larger you know context industry here in mm-hmm. New York City. I mean, a lot of us uh, we may be the only Christian you know in in a particular setting, particular mm-hmm. context, and and we we have not just survived but thrived because we um, actually found a way to glorify God through it and to do it to the the excellence that the world you know um, can mm-hmm. um, appreciate. But the, um, the, the the main thing, you know, we we realized is, you know, um, what what are we praying for? Are, are we, you know, asking God to send more Christians to our industries? So you know, the industries we redeem. Yes, we we are doing that. But more importantly, you know, if we really understand Scripture, I I, I don't know if we can ever expect. To be a majority, mm-hmm. in a sense, a remnant. Uh, that's right, and yeah. and and if that's true, then aren't we, uh, you know, being called uh, in, into something else, some some other um, uh, way of thinking, biblically, and way mm. of praying that uh, allows us to uh, carve out a niche or uh, talk about these things honestly. You know, in in some some cases, we need to do this before the nations because, um, as you know, foolish as we might sound, you know, there are people out there uh, in the city um, who are in the internet world, you know, who who are longing for mm. this kind of Amen. Uh, dialogue. Well, you've really taught us how to pray. Uh, also, Michael, for some time we've had a link to Makoto's uh, art and his essays about art uh, on yeah. his website. We've got that link at michaelcard.com, mm-hmm. and I would direct our listeners there. Yeah, one of the uh, most recent ones, uh, Makoto, The Gift of Nard, uh, was excellent in terms of um, bringing together the sort of ideas that you're talking about, servanthood and connecting it biblically, and, and that's one of the things you do best. So uh, thank you for that work. Right. Indeed, we look forward to our next visit yeah. with uh, Mako as well. Well, Michael, let's uh, conclude today's program with a song that uh, you wrote. I remember when you wrote this just a few short years ago, mm-hmm. Grace Be to You All. You you do this at the end of concerts, don't you? Yeah, I do, and I think I'll go on doing it. It uh, comes from a benediction, uh, Hebrews 13. Uh, one of the last things that's said in that book is grace be to you all. And it really, I think, connects with what Makoto was talking about because art is really one of the best expressions, I think, of grace in the world. Uh, this freely given uh, gift to uh, and through people like Makoto to the community to help us connect with who is God and, and, and what does he want from us. Hmm. I think it's the perfect note with which yeah. to end our broadcast today. Grace be with you all. Here's Michael Card.
equip you with good things for doing His will. And grace be with you all. Forget not the sufferings of Jesus and bear the disgrace that he bore confessing his name for Christ is the same yesterday today and forever Thanks for joining us this week in the studio with Michael Card. But before we go, I want to remind you to please take a moment and send us your thoughts about this program. We're grateful for each comment and prayer request and Bible question that comes our way. So send your email to inthestudio at michaelcard.com. Learn more about Michael's books, his music, and our podcast guest details at michaelcard.com. And share what you've discovered on your favorite social media platform. We're glad for the partnership with our sponsors at the Christian Standard Bible. Visit csbible.com to learn more about the great Bible editions that can help you get serious with God's Word. This month, we're featuring the Ancient Faith Study Bible, a wonderful source of study notes, biographies, and more from the early leaders in the Christian faith that can add rich perspective as you go deep into God's Word. Search for the Ancient Faith Study Bible. When you order, use the promotion code in the studio, typed with no spaces, to receive your 30% discount on CSB purchases through Lifeway. The Christian Standard Bible at csbible.com. We hope you'll join us next week for the release of a new podcast edition. And now for all of us on the team, Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and our producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for being with us in the studio with Michael Card.